The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. All right, help me welcome your neighbor. And then you can be seated in God's presence. God bless you. How has your week been? Hallelujah. And how are you enjoying the favor of Almighty God? Hello? Anybody enjoying favor? Or it's remaining a myth to you? Or a mystery to you? Or just one of those things we preach about in our church? Talk to me, somebody. How are you enjoying divine favor? Ah. Huh? Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. May the good things that God has obtained for us through Christ Jesus, may they not remain on the pages of your Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. May you be able to look at one aspect of your life and say, ah, wow, that's the blessing of God. Wow, that's the favor of God. That's what we mean by the colors of favor. The impact or paintings or marks of divine favor on your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make up your mind not to be the kind of believer where the promises of God um, just remain strange. Remain strange. You make up your mind that's not the kind of person you are. Yes, we are talking about spiritual realities. Yes, we are talking about things that our eyes cannot see or our hands cannot feel. But nevertheless, they are real. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And you can enjoy them. Praise God. In ever-increasing measures. We said last week, the Bible said Jesus increased in favor. Let me hear someone declare, I'm increasing in favor. And again, that means I'm enjoying more and more manifestations. It's not that they gave me only 10% favor yesterday, and now they're giving me 20%. No. Say with me, I have all the favor of God already in my life. I have all the favor of God already in my life. Assuming it's a measurable quantity or a measurable item. But increasing in it means I'm now enjoying it more and more. Hallelujah manifestations of favor that I did not have in 2018, I am enjoying them in 2019. Can I hear a loud amen? And we are teaching you not how to get favor. You already have favor. Hallelujah. How to walk in it, how to enjoy it. The moment you got born again was when you became favored of God. Hallelujah. The favor was already available before you got born again through the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. That was God demonstrating his favor to mankind. The grace of God that bringeth salvation, Titus chapter 2 tells us, has appeared unto all men. Or the favor of God. Anywhere you see grace in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, you can substitute it with favor. The, the favor of God. And what does it mean again? Excessive kindness or excessive goodness. 
Let me hear someone shout, God has been so, so good to me. Unfair partiality. Preferential treatment. And that is what brings salvation. What God has done for us. It has appeared unto all men. When you accepted Christ, that's when you received it. 100%. That's when you became an heir. We talked about that a lot last month, or was it the previous month? That's when it became your property. As much as Jesus has it, as much as God has it to spare, God didn't give you a portion of his inheritance. God gave you all of his inheritance. There is nothing else God has to give you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There is nothing else. So sometimes when we sing these songs, more of your glory, more of your power, you need to interpret it correctly. There's nothing wrong. Some people say don't sing songs like that. Well, I don't agree with that. I think it's a matter of interpretation. If what you are saying is more, is that Keneko Plan told the story, he was singing or praying like that several years ago, and God stopped in prayer that I don't have anything else to give you. I'm giving you everything. Because God saw that it was coming from the perspective that God, uh, the one you give me is not yet enough, as if God was holding back on him. I don't have anything. I'm giving you everything. And his paradigm shifted. Some people need to shift paradigm. I've been talking about that since the beginning of the year. It's not that God has something that is keeping from me. I already have everything God has. However, it's manifestation. When you say more or when you say increase, that, that's, that's okay. Hallelujah. Let me quickly continue from where we left off last week. We were talking about the benefits and the power of death. Okay, I need to back up a bit to get us there again. Because like I said, that's where I want to go. or that, That's where I want to continue. We, could, we couldn't finish last week. We, we said favor can only be accessed or received by faith. The moment you miss that one, you've missed everything. By definition, favor is on hand. It's unmerited. It's something that you don't qualify for. You can't pray enough, then God will favor you. You can't serve enough, then God will favor you. You can't give enough, then God will favor you. Mm -mm. It's unearned, unmerited. So the only way you can, it is yours, the only way you can come into it is by faith. I have to believe that God favors me. Romans 4, 16. So in the light of that, I want to start with this question this evening. Where does victory start? Or when does victory start? Don't worry, I will answer it for you, but please think about the question for a minute. Where or when does, when, when do I start the journey, if I can use that phrase? And I, I want to go a bit away. I have not mentioned this in this series of teachings I'm doing. Again, we're going to come back to talking about investments and digging or going deeper. That's our pursuit for this season. And I have nothing against instant miracles and things happening instantly. And we should believe for instant miracles. But you can't live on instant miracles. The kingdom of God is not as if God should speak and things should just appear as God spoke. That's not what the Bible teaches us, even though that can happen. 
The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed in the ground. And after a while, he will get a harvest. And that's why we're saying you must have an investment mindset. Whether we are talking about sowing and reaping, try and see it. I'm using the word investment. Whether we're talking about a, a, a tree being fruitful. It's not the day you planted the seed or you planted the tree that the fruits of the tree started coming out. Particularly if you are talking about a major cash crop. If you want any harvest from cocoa, you must have said your journey 20 years ago. If my Greek is accurate. Even if it is maize you want. Ah, I want to eat maize. And you now want to plant the seed today. No. The one you bought <laughs> and ate, whether it's the roadside, um, mama, you bought it from. The person started the journey of that manifestation months ago. By the way, that's why you're paying for it, in case you don't know. <laughs> so we've got to learn to have an investor mindset. Whether we are talking about sowing and reaping, we are talking about fruitfulness, whether we are talking about rewards. You walk or you invest something and you get the harvest today. Praise God. That is so vital. So let's push aside instantaneous. I think this is one problem many Christians have. They want it now, now. Today, today. Reverend George was talking about that. Today. And there's nothing wrong with today, today, Jesus answering you. I'm not abusing it, but don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but don't abuse it. I said last week you should be thinking about your 2025 now. This is, for all intents and purposes, year 2020. Have you noticed how quiet our government has been about year 2020? <laughs> I don't have a... Sometimes I feel as if I'm too hard against Nigerian governments. I don't have anything against them, but I remember when they used to hammer it. There are some countries that are singing 2020 now because not only did they start, they started investing towards it, and they have invested sufficiently towards 2020 that by this time tomorrow, they are ready to reap harvest. Case in point, UAE, Dubai specifically. 2020 is a big year for them. But they didn't start thinking about 2020 in 2020. They started several years ago and started investing towards it. Somebody say investing. Glory be to God. And the devil that will not allow them to have a maximum yield, he hasn't been born. If he has been born, they've sent him back to hell. Simply because of the things they put him on ground. I'm saying that's how we should think. So your, your 2025 journey should start now. You will have a great 2025 in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for some Christians, they can't see that far. And, and, and I think that needs to be dealt with. They can't see that far. Is the school fees they're going to pay next month. That's how far they can see. And bless God, you should see how you should pay school fees next month. Or house rent next month. But beyond that, because if Jesus tarries, you will be here 2025. Oh. Particularly if you're in this church that we are praying longevity for you. <laughs> Amen. If you're not careful, even if you die, we'll raise you up from the dead. 
yeah. Okay, this is 2020 now. I'm rounding up for I know it's 2019. That was 2015. We should, maybe we should have preached this message very well for somebody since 2015. And what we said is, if you know you have favor with God, how many people know they have favor with God? Glory be to God. You should start investing. Spiritually speaking, my, my focus here is mainly spiritual investments. Because you have favor as a response of faith. That, that's, that's my faith response. And because that's the only way I can, I, I can ever activate, experience this favor, I have to believe it. So I'm asking tonight, where does victory start? And let's look at the prodigal son. That's one major character we are using to, in this series in Luke 15. He obviously experienced favor. Where did his victory start? Was it when they gave him the robe back? No. Was it when they put the ring in his hand back? No. Was it when they gave him the, when they put um, the shoes on his feet? That wasn't where the victory started. The Bible told us where victory started for him. Verse 17. His victory or turnaround, his favor turnaround started while he was still in the pig pen. Luke 15, 17. When he came to himself, he said, and I want you to see favor here. See the image of favor that got restored to him and see faith in what he's saying here. Because you won't see the word faith here and you won't see the color of favor here. But this is, it's verse 17 that made the verse where they said, give him back his robe, give him back his shoes, give him back the ring, kill the fatted calf. It's verse 17 and 18 that made that a reality. And that's where victory starts. And all he had here was faith. His faith was not even complete faith. Read. I will go, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat? And to spare, and I perish in hunger. I will arise, verse 18, Luke 15, verse 18, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That took faith, particularly for the mess up he had done. It was that moment that he believed. If I go to my father's house, at least he will make me a servant. That was when his turnaround started. Now, his theology was incomplete and incorrect. You know, when you read stories like this, you better remember you're a New Testament believer. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. Where did her healing start? No, that's not when it started. It is when she was inside her room. All the money gone. Her blood was still flowing, but she said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment. In fact, the Bible said she kept saying to herself, I will be made whole. That was when her victory started. That was her own came into herself moment. She was still bleeding. She was still weak. He was still in the pig pen. Glory be to God. There was still no food, but he caught a glimpse of favor. She caught a glimpse of favor. And they followed through. That's also very important. It's one thing to say, I will go to my father. And two weeks later, you are still in the pig pen. I will go to my father. Two months later, you are still in the pig pen. You know those people that get there and I will start praying, I will start praying. And two years later, they are still starting to pray. Don't move too much. They won't talking about you. It's one thing to, to be saying that. It's another thing to take the first step. 
and to get to the first junction and not turn back. Because it wasn't, um, um, it wasn't teleport machine that he used to go to his father's house. And I know he didn't have a car. Donkey Papa, he didn't have. He had to walk. And every step was a step of faith. Faith that my father will at least make me a servant. Incorrect doctrine. Because his father wasn't going to make him a servant. His father was going to restore him as a son. Faith that if I touch his hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Incorrect doctrine. You don't touch me. I am wearing his robe. Well, don't touch any hem of his garment. In fact, I'm inside his body. And he's inside my body. Oh, yeah. So their doctrines are incorrect. But there was faith. There was faith. He believed his father would at least give him the food his servants are eating. That was when victory started. And that's why when we say the only response to favor is faith. If you can't believe that your father will make you a servant, again, incorrect doctrine, when you are in the pig pen, you may never come out of that pig pen. That will not be somebody's story here in Jesus' name. If you only want to believe that Jesus made you rich when they put the robe on your hand, you may never wear that robe. If you only want to believe that you have now broken through, when they kill the fatted calf, you may never, you won't even see car. Doctors of fatted calf. It's when you are in the pig pen. Hallelujah. It's when the blood is still flowing. And you believe if I touch, I'll be made whole by this time tomorrow. That, that's when victory starts. Particularly as you follow through. Follow through. So, what we need to teach believers is how to respond in faith to favor. That boy never lost his favor with his father. Even when he was practicing, the rascality was practicing. The favor was still constant. He wasn't less favored the day before he took the inheritance than he was the day after he took the inheritance or vice versa. You get my point? That's God's favor to us, always constant. But what's the response? Are you the son that we say I will go back to the father, which I said we should all be? Or the one that will be too ashamed and will remain in the pig pen? Praise God. And we are now saying, learn the faith response of investing spiritually. That's I'm, I'm, what am I doing today that in 2025, I'm, I'm going to sustain it all. In 2025, I will have maximum yield. That's how the Bible taught us Christianity is Mark 4.26. Quickly go there again. Mark 4.26. So I said the dangotes of this world, the, the Bill Gates of this world, and every, I'm using natural, physical example, particularly where finances and material possessions are concerned, and I want you to translate that into spiritual people. Anyone that is standing in any kind of mega spiritual manifestation, whether it's ministry we are talking about, or, or career we are talking about, or, or business today, this 15th day of March 2019, I, I'm sorry, May 2019, 
anyone that you see that is manifesting any kind of color and dignity and fruit, it is not what they did today that is a result of that manifestation. It's the investments of yesterday that they are enjoying the fruit of today. I mean, that's so simple. It takes a devil to misunderstand it. You think it's the work that Dangote um, went to when he signed in today at 8 o'clock, assuming he even went to work home. <laughs> I read an article about him some days ago. He said for a past time. I don't even know whether that one of the things he likes doing is a sports car. We just drive from Lagos to Kano. I don't even know when they used to do that. I was so surprised that he would just be driving with our bad road. That he would just go. I said, you have time for that. He doesn't have, because investment is now, he doesn't have to work. He's not a daily laborer. And that's the difference. That's the difference. Some people have a spiritual investment mindset. Some people have a daily labor mindset. So Mark 4, 26, again, are you there? Shout a loud hallelujah. I mean, I, I read John 12 to us last week, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground. Jesus was describing, I'm going to die. I'm the only son of God as of today. But I'm seeing 2019. And I'm seeing God having many children, including Pastor T, in way Africa. This is 2,000 years ago. And it's that, oh, he used seed. But go beyond seed. It was an investment. I'm going to make an investment today so that God will have many children by this time tomorrow. That's how heaven operates. It's not instant no-do's alone. Oh, not even, it's not even instant no-do's. The instant things are just, quite honestly, outliers. Nothing wrong with instant miracles. You know, I think that's one of our biggest problems in like, countries like ours. That people are only interested in where it's happening instantly, instantly. We go for that vigil, we come out here. Nothing wrong with it. But if that's how you do your Christianity, you will miss most of what God is doing. God was having conversation with Abraham 400 years from today. That's the kind of God we serve. The God that is serving, planning 400 years from today. In other words, you know you are not the one he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's talking to you. <laughs> you are not the one he's talking about. 400 years from today, your children will be in captivity. But I will bring them out. He, God was talking to Abraham and he was talking about Moses. But he didn't have the conversation with Moses. He had the conversation with Abraham. And he expected Abraham to make some serious spiritual investments so that Moses will get the benefits. That's Christianity. That's the God we are serving. That's what they are describing here. Jesus saw today, that day he spoke in John chapter 12. He saw today. He told them one day they wanted to kill him. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. I've been around day. Ancient of days. It's an and name. Ancient of days. Praise God. He said, the kingdom of heaven is as if, please, this is you, should scatter seed in the ground in 2019 and sleep by night and rise by day. By the way, that means don't worry, don't have cares, not that you should be sleeping. Oh, I've seen 2019, I can ask you 2025. Hunger will meet you on that bed. <laughs> That's not, again, is a very poetic book. Should sleep by night and rise by day. Is not worried, is not concerned. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. 
I mean, any investor can tell you it doesn't. I don't know how stock market works. Hallelujah. I can't explain it to you. For the earth yields crop of itself, first the blade, then the ear, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the air. But when the grain ripens, immediately it puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And there are two, three major things we are taking from this. This is how we are saying you should do a faith response to favor. Glory be to God. I should make sure I'm putting something in the ground. Glory be to God. I should sustain it or cultivate it. And I should be expectant for the harvest. Like we said a few weeks ago, if you've been doing this Christianity for a while, you have seed in the ground already. You should be reaping some things in 2019. You have. Even if you are not the most serious, even if you are like the prodigal son, glory be to God. So all of it, well, that's what I'm saying. I want you to have an invest. Some people are good at sowing, but lousy at reaping. Good at sowing, serving, 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 serving. But where is the color of favor? Where is the harvest on the seed? And it can be as simple as you, because you don't have an investor mindset, you are not pulling out your sickle. Hallelujah. And that's what, brought us, that's what brought us to where we are. We are saying, if you are going to invest, go deep. Depth. I mean, sowing. That's the example there. Depth. So I said in this church, five amazing, these are platforms I know are available now. It's not all limited to this, so... But this church offers every member and everyone that is connected to this church, these five platforms. This was, I have tested them. I have proven them. I am enjoying them. I know they work. Even if they don't work in any other church in the kingdom of God, it works in this king's world. The word. Learn to invest in the word and learn to invest the word in you. Prayer. I mean, somebody's life should change with all these messages we are preaching week in, week out. Somebody said they are talking to me. I mean, and you need to have that kind of mindset as an investor. He said, that man came and said, look, I've been sowing this tree for three years and I've been coming three years now, no harvest. Cut it down. And that's God there. The guy said, okay, give it one more year. We are going to dig around it. We are going to preach one more word for him for one more year. But if by next year there's no fruit, oh yeah, you can come and remove it. You should be like that. All this supernatural I've been coming for. Again, I'm not saying there's no harvest. So please, when we preach like this, remember, say I'm increasing in favor. I'm increasing in favor. Not everybody here has seen one level of favor. I'm saying you can go deeper. Can have more. The five things again the word, the prayer, pray with Dr. K, all our prayers. We pray every day. Ah, my life will not remain the same. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Stewardship. These are platforms that are running, that have transformed so many lives already and will continue to transform lives more and more. Hallelujah. As people invest and go deeper. 
Amen. Number four, generosity. I'm going to close with that one or touch a bit on that one. So winning. Think about many people's, people that have been born again in this church and people that have matured. I remember when I came to King's Word. How my soul has been won and renewed over and over. And I'm asking myself if, if that can happen through the grace of God and the favor of God in my life for another 1,000 people, this world will not remain the same. So it's important we understand the reason why we should go deeper because that's how we invest spiritually. If you're going to invest in the world, you have to go deeper in the world. If you're going to invest in prayer, you have to go deeper in prayer. If you're going to invest in sea worship, you have to go deeper. Choose the platform or the platforms that God is putting more. You see, when we teach five things, so I'm not going to necessarily do all the five at the same time. That's why, you, that's, that, that's why you have the Holy Ghost. Romans 11.33 again. Let me quickly touch on the other things I didn't stress last week. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The riches are in the depth. There are riches in the world, but they are not on the surface. There are riches in prayer. They are not on the surface. There are riches in stewardship, in generosity, but they are not on the surface. Or let me say it this way. The deeper I go in the world, the more encounters I can have. And when I have that mindset, I'm investing, I'm investing, I'm going deeper and deeper. I'm positioning myself for a massive 2020 year like Dubai has positioned itself. And unlike some countries have not positioned themselves. So we start looking at that. What's the value of depth? Number one, it will help us to overcome toiling. This was about last week. Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep for a catch. The same lake. If words mean anything, the only revelation Jesus brought, of course, there was still the power behind the word. But he just doesn't say, go back to where you feel. Jesus said, launch into the deep. The same lake. All just want to go deeper in this lake, you will have a great catch. And what was Peter saying? I've been toiling all night. Some of us are struggling because of our depth. Struggling, whatever it is that's struggling, because you just need to go deeper in some of these things I've mentioned. And the, the other things I was thinking about today, somebody can say, I'm going to go deeper in worship. I didn't put that one on my list. I stopped at five because of space and time. <laughs> Praise God. There are many things we do, but I'm just mentioning five things that I know I've benefited from and I've seen many lives benefit from. We need depth to deal with the storms of life. Jesus said the rain will come, the flood will come, the persons that their house will stand, the person that their marriage will stand, the person that their career will stand, the person that their health will stand are the people that dug deep and built whatever they were building on the rock. Everybody faces the same storms. Donald Trump is everybody's president if you're in the world now. <laughs> so, except you're living in Mars. Praise the Lord. 
And this is where we stopped last week, fruitfulness. Or to overcome barrenness. Isaiah 33, 37, 31. The remnants who have escaped from the house of Judah shall take root downward and bear fruit upwards. Number four. Why is depth important and what is the power of depth? For getting revelation. You will never be confused on that day in your life again. You will never be in the dark about any area of your life in the name of Jesus again. We need depth for revelation. Or the power of depth is to help us with revelation. Why is that guy confused? Why does he not know what to do? Why did that problem come and blindsided him or her? They had no depth. Or if they had invested spiritually and had more depth, maybe they would see clearly what to do even though they are faced with that challenge. Are you here tonight? First Corinthians 2. Let's, okay, verse 9. Let me quickly go because of time. But as it is written, I will read the previous verses before then. But verse 9 first. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Somebody say he's talking about me. But God has revealed the things that eyes have not seen, that ears have not heard, that have not entered into the heart of, of men. God has revealed them to you and I through his spirit. Hallelujah. But what the next um, the next few words. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. So it's from the depth of what God has that the spirit reveals. Hello? Are you with me? It's from depth that the Spirit reveals. What happens to the guy that has no depth? He will be short of revelation. Look at verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, read from verse 6. Hallelujah. However, we speak wisdom. Please watch for synonyms of depth and maturity. Um, We are talking about you just going deeper. Investing. Watch for the synonyms. And please read this what's in outside in verses 9 and 10. We speak wisdom among those that are children. No, the mature. The mature. The revelations of the spirit are for those people that will invest to grow. We speak wisdom among the mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age. Please watch very carefully. Who are coming to nothing? Verse 7, but this, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. May your life be decorated with glory and not shame. Amen. Hallelujah. Which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't have the revelation. There are depths in God that the Holy Ghost can reveal to you that the devil knows nothing about. Or the devil can't do anything about because at the end of the day, we'll not have to fight the Lord of glory. We need depth for revelation. Quick question. How many people will love God to reveal more things to you than what you know right now? Concerning your finances, concerning your future, concerning your career, go for depth. Go for depth. 
I was talking with someone today or earlier in the week, and I, I, I've said this in church before. I think many of us underestimate the gravity of the challenges we are facing. It hasn't dawned on the average believer that we are in the last days. Those dark days that were prophesied in Bible, we are in those days. As someone said, okay, we are not in those days. We are the one before those days if we are not in those days. And even if you don't like that one, let me give you what Gloria Kupla said. You are in your own last days. These are your last days. <laughs> and as long as it's last, Isaiah 66 is going to get darker and darker. I think many of us have underestimated the gravity of the challenges we are facing. And we shouldn't. I think that's why many Christians fail. When challenges come. In the first place, the preparation to face what is coming against them was not enough. And that brings me to the fifth point, why we need depth. We need depth to fight discouragement and depression. In fact, that is the Bible recommendation to overcoming discouragement and depression. Your depth. Glory be to God. How many of you have had this phrase thrown around in church before? Deep collect unto deep. If you've been in church for a while, you've had that. You've even prayed it before. Abby? How many people? Let me even know. No, sincerely, you don't try to impress me. You've had that deep collect unto deep. All right. You know, that's one danger about things. Have you ever studied that psalm that David made that statement? And what he was referring to when he said deep collect unto deep? In those days, they used to tell me, ah, the deep of the Holy Spirit in me, calling up to the deep in me. And they, it's not that they're lying, no. But I, I did a study of the text, and I realized what he was talking about. Psalm 42. I will give you an assignment. When you get home, read the psalm. I don't have the time to, to do that tonight. But the psalm starts like this. Let's read the King James first. And sometimes to really understand these things, you should need some modern translations. So then you can now go back and read the King James. Oh, so this is what they are saying. <laughs> Praise God. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. Where shall I come and appear before God? That, that is the attitude of pursuit. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm thirsty for you. That's how you should do God. But when you read the psalm further, look at verse 6. Before he got to that phrase, deep calls unto deep, which he mentioned in verse 7. Let's read King James first. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan. This is where it starts getting confusing in the King James. And for the heights of Hammon, and from Hill Miza. You know when they start mentioning all these names? That's where they lose all of us. Like how many of you are already lost now? <laughs> Verse 7, deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. Now I'm completely lost. But I like that phrase, deep call it unto deep. So we come to meeting, brother, deep call it unto deep. Go deep, man. And that is okay. After all, at least, we are quoting deep call it unto deep and inside the Bible. But what is he talking about? And sometimes you need to step back and study. If you read the old psalm, you see what I was talking about. 
What David was saying is that I am depressed. I am sad. The pressures of life that I'm facing, this one that Saul is chasing me up and down the place, is beginning to eat at me. And he now made that statement, deep collect onto deep, as the answer to what was coming against him. Let me read it to you from the contemporary English version, verses 6 and 7. And again, you need to read the entire psalm, particularly in the modern translation, then read the King James Psalm. You see what he's talking about? Verse 6, I am deeply discouraged. That's what King James my soul is cast down. And so, in my discouraged state, and so I think about where the Jordan begins, at Mount Hammon, and at Mount Mitzah. Watch verse 7 closely. Your vicious waves have swept over me like an angry ocean and a roaring waterfall. Hallelujah. Again, when you read the entire psalm, look at what David was really saying. I, I, I wish I had time because I, I want to do something else before I go. He said, in this my discouraged state, I went to where the waters of God started flowing, the depths of the waters of God. All of us know waters refers to the Holy Ghost or the anointing. I went deeper in the waters of God. And really, if you interpret the opinion, what he's saying is, as the depression got more and more hold on me, I went deeper in the Spirit. I drew closer to God. It's the exact opposite of what most people do. When most people are depressed, they stop praying. They stop coming to church. They don't go to the waterfall or where the, what, the water started flowing. They don't go deeper in the Spirit. They withdraw. His depression drew him closer or went for that. He went deeper with God. That's what he was telling us. So when I said something, it, it, it dawned on me for the first time that, wow, when he says deep is calling on to deep, this is what he's saying. The deeper my trouble or my challenges were, it triggered a depth in the spirits as a response to handle the trouble. That's why he's sticking us there. The deeper the financial challenges came, it didn't make me stop giving. Oh, I went deeper in my generosity. That's why he's teaching in there. The deeper the crisis came, I went deeper in my worship. You need depth to deal with depression. If you become shallow, it's like that scripture that says, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. Similar to what we are talking about here. So if you are not a person of depth, when challenges come, when things that depress you come, and they will come, that's if they have not come already. And that's not a cause. That is a good Bible teaching. Because in this world, you will have tribulations. They will come. You need to be prepared for it. It takes even a certain level of depth to know that when the waters are running around you, your best response is to go deeper into the anointing. To overcome the troubling and the raging waters. Glory be to God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Turn there quickly. Apostle Paul told us the story of the Macedonian church. Read their story again very carefully. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. Please watch it and connect this to what David was teaching us in Psalm 42. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed upon the churches in Macedonia. Please watch this. Watch deep calling to deep. Watch what it means. That in a great trial of affliction, 
and the abundance of their joy and deep poverty. Glory be to God. Deep poverty. It was deep poverty. Watch what he did. Deep and their deep poverty abounded in riches of their liberality. Because of the tribulation and the depth of their poverty, they went deep in generosity. Did you see that there? That's deep calling to deep. They probably would not have been that generous if they were not that poor and if they were not going through those challenges. That's what Paul was teaching us there. They probably would not go into that depth of generosity <laughs> if the affliction that came against them did not come. I want you to know, brother, there was a favor that I saw on the Macedonian church. I've not seen it in any other church I'm pastoring. That in the affliction and abundance of joy, in their deep poverty, it abounded in liberality. The depth of what was coming at them drew them to go deeper in their giving. And he went on to describe, they gave beyond themselves. They gave beyond what we expected them to do. Hallelujah. He now told the Corinthians, I know you are abounding in faith. Abounding is another way of saying going deep. You are going further and further. I know you are abounding in knowledge. I know you are abounding in this. I know you are abounding in that. See to it that you are abounding in generosity also. Hallelujah. So this is my encouragement to everybody. Or I will use this phrase, my challenge to everybody. We've called our pursuit for the next two months, the month of May, the month of June. Go deep. That's for those of you that have never in any way, manner, shape, or form since you became a Christian. Particularly the five things I mentioned. Whether it's the word we are talking about, whether it's prayer we are talking about, whether it's stewardship we are talking about, whether it's generosity or liberality or giving we are talking about, or whether it was the last one, soul winning we are talking about. Go deep. You will know whether you've gone deep before or not. And for most of us that have already gone deep before, go deeper. As a response to the favor you claim you believe that is upon your life. So, Make an investment today by going deeper towards your future. You will, reap, you, you will thank me after. You will reap an amazing harvest that you will never have seen. I, I shared the testimony with the church two years ago that just in prayer, I was just, how can we just ensure that there's meat in the house? And I was praying, and God showed me, we, are, we have never given like that before, Pastor Nina and I. I mean, the way we do our investment is this is for seed, this is investment. So we had, that was a depth of giving I've never done before. I'm two years later, hey, my life is better. I can recommend it to anybody living or dead. It's just a way of going deeper. Whatever it is you are doing, oh, the depth of the riches of God. You will find more manifestations of God or manifestations of grace or manifestations of favor when you go deeper in God. You will find less when you stay on the surface and when you stay on the shallow. Hallelujah. Last text, rise on your feet. 
Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. Sorry, Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. Let me hear someone shout, I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. Ah, you're not convincing me. Say it again, I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. Say with me, I'm making some solid investments spiritually. You know, I think one of the dumbest things any believer can do is to have natural physical investments, which I recommend all of us you have, glory be to God, and not fail to have solid spiritual, and fail to have solid spiritual investments. Let me say the way it will hit you very well. I'm sure anyone that is investing in natural, whether it's in stocks or your career, but that's another thing I didn't put on my list. You know, one of the best things you can do is to invest in yourself spiritually. I said that's one of the things Joseph did. The gift that he recognized that God gave him, he developed it to the point where he could stand before Pharaoh and offer a solution that nobody else in the world could offer. Man, that, that must have taken some depth. You can invest in yourself. That's not on my list of five. Oh. Praise God. But I think there's a problem if you will do stocks, if you will invest in real estate, and I, if I wake you up, Pastor Inka, you will tell me how much I've invested in real estate. Because you know it's irresponsible not to know. Am I right or am I right? Then when I now turn to you spiritually, what are the spiritual investments you are making towards 2025? And you can't describe it articulately. There's a problem there. In fact, this is what Jesus taught us. Stop laying up treasure in real estate. And stock markets. Now, that doesn't mean you should not have really. You know, some Christians can be very interesting. See, sometimes the scripture is not the problem. It's how you're interpreting the scripture that is the problem. And you now say, hey, Jesus said, lay not up treasure, so I don't have investment in stocks. Now, if that came to you as a personal revelation or God told you, good. But don't now take that scripture and say, ah, Christians are not supposed to buy stock. You buy stock, oh, I beg you, if the opportunity presents itself. But there's a wisdom in what Jesus taught. There is a problem if you will invest in a world that moth and rot just corrupt. Or where I'm going is you can wake me up and you can say, hey, I have so much, so much. You know, you know the investments. And I'm asking you, what are your spiritual investments? And you're now scratching your head. There's a problem. You are not doing this is how the kingdom of God operates. Because I can tell you, God can tell you every one of his investments spiritually. And the returns is expected. Glory be to God. That's why the sickle was in his hand. And the moment the harvest came, he ripped it. That's part of this investor mindset. If we will dig deep, if we will go deeper, and if we will make solid, purposeful spiritual investments, as a response of our faith, glory be to God, to the favor we believe God has already shown us. By this time tomorrow, our lives will be richer and better for it. As, and I want you to be intelligent about it. I have a sheet, all my major natural investments. I can give you an estimate of what I think I'm worth today. Naturally, physically speaking, I should be able to say these are my spiritual investments. I should. If spiritual things are more important to me than natural things, so. if I am in faith for ever increasing manifestations of favor, I should. I should. 
That sounds like reasonable response to favor to me. So he told us in Ephesians 3.17 as we close. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Ah, that's another thing that is not on my list. Do you know you can invest in love? Invest in love. So he said you be rooted and, rooted and grounded. I'm changing these words. Invest in love. Invest in love work. Invest in the knowledge that God loves me. Hallelujah. And invest. This is a spiritual investment. Be rooted in love. Love from God towards you. Your love towards other people. Look for somebody that you will show excessive kindness to this week. Or this month. Or this year. Let the depth of your wahala. Deep calling not to deep. Make you take your eyes off yourself for a second, like the Macedonian church, and think about the Christians that are also suffering in Jerusalem. And because of the depth of your own poverty, respond with depth in abundance of love and generosity towards them. That's deep calling not to deep. That is making spiritual investments. That's why they'll be talking about you 2,000 years after. And that's why they made scriptures. Deep called it unto deep. Rooted and grounded in love. Watch what happens when we are deep in love. We may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. Be able to comprehend. I talked about the fact that one of the benefits of depth is revelation, insights. Why can't you see? Because you are not deep, sir. You are not deep in love. You are not deep in the word. You are not deep in prayer. There is no way you can be doing this prayer with Dr. K consistently. Like some of us are doing. And you will hear a word from God. Hey! How? Which devil will stop that kind of connection to heaven? How? Where, where is the devil? How? I mean, some of these things is just reasonable, common, spiritual, good sense. You mean tell me if I'm investing in prayer day by day? 2025, even before 2025. There's no way. Hallelujah. So when you are rooted, when you are invested, when you are committed, glory be to God, you will be able to comprehend. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And this is the best part. What happens when I'm invested, when I'm rooted, when I am deep, when I'm not shallow, when I'm, when, when I'm going deeper, that I may be filled <laughs> with the fullness of what? Just if your mind can never get there, just try and picture your life filled with the fullness of God. I mean, I know you can't do it, but just try Eh, try. You know, we talk about meditating on scriptures. What will your marriage look like with the fullness of God? What will your career look like with the fullness of God? What will your destiny, can you see color if your destiny is with the fullness of God? How? But you see, to get that is depth. You don't get those kind of things on the shallow. It's rooted in love. Rooted in prayer. Glory be to God. Rooted in the word. That's how you get there. When you are rooted, when, and you, you can only get rooted or make those kind by making invest. You don't get there in one year. No, sir. 
Ronaldo, okay, they've even overtaken Ronaldo now. He's not playing Champions League this final. The people that are there, they started 10 years ago. Ah, I just, I'm going pro in 2019. You wait another 15 years, and you may not make it all because it's 15 years of consistency. The people that are there now, they started when? At the age of four. Hello. That's when they said investing. That's how you can pay Premier League in 2019. Are you getting what we are saying? It's amazing that that is what Jesus said. This is how the kingdom of God is. Glory be to God. Lift your hands. Make a commitment to invest and to go deeper. Don't stay where you are. I'm not going to stay where I am. This church is not staying where it is. Lift your hands. Whatever it is. I mentioned five things. But just make a commitment to go deeper. Open your mouth and just pray in the spirit. And make a commitment. The power and the benefits of depth. Fullness of God. Fullness of God. The, the deeper you go, the fuller of the manifestations of God. Fullness of God. That's fullness of his favor, fullness of his wisdom, fullness of his power, fullness of his protection, fullness of his provision. And all I need is just to keep making investments after investments and going deeper and going deeper. I won't get there in one day. I may not see results in one week. In fact, one year may go by. I may not yet be satisfied. But the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.